I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. We didn't forget about y'all. We just wanted to leave it until a bit later in the day. So this was prevalent and relevant. And oh my God, is it exciting. The Boston Celtics basketball comes back. In just a few more hours, we're going to be previewing game one of the scrimmage. I'm joined by Mr. Wayne Breezy, Mr. Tim Shields, and this is a glorious, glorious day. How are you guys doing? Vindicated. Finally, we have basketball. <laughs> Celtics day, baby. Celtics day. Let's I dubbed the Celtics day. <laughs> so it's game what? You excited, Wayne? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm really excited to see you guys um, back in basketball form. If you've been fo- keeping up with the scrimmages, man, it looks like it looks like guys ain't lost a step. You know, we're, we're thinking they're gonna come out here and struggle. I mean, I'm not sure if the defenses are like on point, like you know, as far as playing great D, but guys are shooting. There's guys I ain't never heard of that you know. I think I mentioned in one of our group chats, like, yo, who is this guy? Do we need to worry about this guy? Like, I've never heard of him in my life. And all of a sudden he's shooting lights out and they're deeming him like the best shooter. But for the Celtics, this is a chance for some of these players, man, to really get their legs up under them before the season kicks off next, next in a week. Got, a, got about a week. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest storyline is going to be no Kemba, even though Kemba said his knees are feeling good. They're going to be super cautious with him. Against OKC, that have got two ridiculously good guards in SGA and Chris Paul. I understand it's a scrimmage, but I'd still really like to go out there and see the team win, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a game. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a Celtics game. I, I, this game is going to be used, I'm sure uh, you and Tim agree, this is game is going to be used for evaluation of the players and, and things like that. And, you know, Brad's going to be figuring out how, ways to, you know, get ready for the for the regular eight-game season that they have and then the playoffs on top of that. But we we want to see a win, right? We, we, we were – before the season came to an abrupt end or an abrupt halt, like we were definitely starting to come into – what do we have, 43 wins? And we were starting to come into our own and guys were starting to get healthy and hopefully this is a way, you know, we get to see these guys. I'm, I'm just excited to watch Celtics basketball. I don't care if – the starting five plays for 30 seconds. Like, just me watching the other guys rotate in there and getting familiar with those guys. You know, Carson Edwards is probably going to have a big game. Why? It's just like a G League, a G League game to him. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, as far as the atmosphere. So, when he was playing in that – or excuse me, the Summer League. When he was playing in the Summer League, it wasn't many fans – well, there were fans, but it's almost in that same atmosphere, guys. So, I, I – He's probably going to have a, a, a big game due to that Kimball Walker's not playing. I think it's also important to just see what kind of rotations you're going to see with the younger guys. I think this is a way for Brad to sort of see what these guys are bringing to the table right now. And I think the scrimmages are good. You know, it's, it's very short. And granted, we've already seen a little bit of overhyping. You know, guys like Giannis didn't miss a step. You know, I don't know if you guys saw that nasty dunking drive he had. Granted, I think they called it back for an offensive foul, but he's clearly not missed a step. Bull Bull finally got some minutes, and he wowed. But again, you know, this is a scrimmage. And I think the guy you were talking about uh, was from Miami. You were talking about Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson was having a very, very good season shooting, especially from beyond the arc this year. So 
him coming in and also not missing a step is really good for the Heat. But for the Celtics, I think it's going to be a matter of seeing where their guards are at health-wise and then also seeing, you know, where guys like Time Lord are. I want to see what kind of minutes we have for Time Lord. And I think we're probably going to see them get a little bit funky with lineups. We saw Denver run out point, <laughs> point Jokic. So we saw Point Joker and we saw Bull Bull at small forward. So we'll see. As we were talking about a little bit before, you know, I, I think a guy like Taco could get some minutes. You know, we'll have to see where they're at, what they're trying to do. But I see no reason why they can't just run the guys out and just see what happens because they've got all of these young guys in their locker room and they kind of have to gauge who's ready, who's not, who could use a little bit more seasoning. Let's kind of see how these lineups fit together because finally, for like the first time in a long time, the entirety of the Celtics roster is healthy. All guys are healthy. All full systems go. Like it's going to be very, very interesting. It's kind of like Voltron coming together. We finally got all the pieces and like, let's kind of see how it works together. I love it. I love it. I love it. Voltron, the greatest. Now, I, I have this hypothetical for you guys, right? And we've seen it before. And uh, here's the thing, right? So let's say, let's say Kemba doesn't play at all, right? These eight games, he doesn't play. And the Celtics team is in, in cohesive. They're on a roll. <laughs> and they're balling out. And Kemba is ready for the playoffs. Do we A, insert Kemba back into the starting lineup and mess up the fluidity, the fluidity of, of how things have been flowing? Or do we B, um, let the guys keep running the way they are and kind of like sprinkle them in there or whatnot? And if we do that, does that affect Kemba's mentality? Like, we've seen it happen with Kyrie. Uh, yes. I, I mean... I, not want to ask this question, but I have to ask this question because I need to hear. I, I, I don't think so, man. I think, I think everything about this situation and the, just like the way that he's talked publicly and everything like that, I just don't see that, you know. And I, I definitely understand the concern. And I think when you're definitely as a, as a as a big UConn guy, like you, you for sure are Team Kemba, like through and through. So I don't have any concerns like that with you, but. You know, I don't think, I don't think he's like a toxic individual. Like, I don't think he's going to react negatively to a situation. If anything, I think he'll probably be appreciative of the fact that if he needs to take time to get his body right or to get his, you know, system checked and make sure he's all good and rested, he doesn't have to worry about it. He doesn't have to feel guilty because he's leaving the keys to Jason and Jalen, or he's he's leaving the keys to Gordo and Jason and Jalen. You know, he's able to go ahead and lean on these guys. I, I still have to think back. And I remember talking way back, like months ago, back when I think I was on Celtic Center before the season started, talking about who is the best player that Kemba Walker has played with in his time in Charlotte. And I probably came up with what I was like, eh, maybe, maybe Mo Williams, maybe. Uh, I'd probably say Big Al Jefferson. Like Big Al Jefferson had like one really good season with Charlotte. Other than that, it's – not much. So like he honestly didn't have those opportunities where he could say, Hey, my knee's feeling a little bit funky. I should probably take a few games off to get this right. He wasn't able to do that before. And I think now Boston is such a deep team and he's not the only star on it. 
So he doesn't have to worry about, man, the team's going to miss me. Team's going to slip up a couple games. Like, this isn't good. So I think everything that he said publicly just indicates that he is totally fine with the situation. And he said, I, I remember seeing some quote about it from an interview recently where he says, you know, I knew that Jason and Jalen had some growing to do, and I, I'm totally fine being able to, you know, take take a back seat to all this. And, you know, the stats don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Guess he... That just speaks – I mean, that just speaks like what kind of guy you've got in the locker room. And I think, you know, we talked about before when it, when it came to the Kemba signing, was it just because he was the best guard in the market – and I think there's a reason why he was the best guard in the market. It's not just his physical play. It's the kind of atmosphere, the kind of leadership he brings into the room. Guys like that, you keep. And I think the reason, like, with everything with Charlotte is he spent his entire career there, and he never got to experience that postseason, and they didn't do a great job building around. Yeah, I'm looking at you, MJ. That's right. But, you know, he never had that kind of environment where he didn't have to constantly worry about – leading the team not only just in like a leadership sense but also in a play sense i mean if kemba if kemba's in a position where he doesn't play for the eight games then i feel like they're gonna bleed him back in slowly because part of the reason part of the reason the reason that we're doing these scrimmages now and that the eight games are happening i understand the eight games are happening for seeding but it's also to help these guys kind of ramp up their physicality and their fitness levels before the playoffs kind of turn up and then all of a sudden the physical plays back and you're fighting through screens just to even get open. I think that we're going to see Kemba, we're going to see him on a minutes restriction, and then we're going to see that slowly ease off as the games become more and more valuable. And if the Celtics can, if they decide that second seed's what they want, you'll see a lot more of Kemba than if they decide that seeding plays less of a part now simply because there is no home game advantage. My biggest concern is with no Kemba or with a minutes restriction Kemba, do the Celtics have enough to fight for that second seed? I still think they do. I feel like at the moment, Kemba Walker's biggest, the biggest concern I have around Kemba Walker is once that knee starts feeling good again, is it going to continue to feel good once you're back on the court and playing competitively? Yeah, that, I, I think that's the concern for, for everyone. You know, coaches training staff, Kemba, right? How much do we th- see? I, he's, I just feel like Kemba's not as concerned as everyone else is. I don't know if that, that's the vibe that I get from Kemba Walker. When I listen to him talk, when I watch him out there shooting around, I just don't get the vibe that he's that concerned. Yes. They're going to make um, an acknowledgement of what's going on with his health or whatnot. They do it for every player, but Kemba being such a, a, a all-star or a superstar tier whatever in the league like people want to know how Kimba's doing I'm seeing a lot of stuff go around where fans are complaining that they didn't go out and pay Kimba all this money to you know sit on the bench and and things like that I thought those words are kind of hurtful man if you think about it I mean luckily I feel like we're in a position I I will honestly say like what Tim was saying earlier about Kimba's uh stint or tenure in, in Charlotte right he played because he had to, right? He had no other choice but to go out there, perform in, night out, hurt, beat up, banged up, whatever, whatnot. Yeah, we're reaping from that now here in Boston, but he's also in a situation like Tim mentioned earlier to where 
it's it's okay for him to kind of like rehabilitate and get as right as he can get for playoff starts. Now, Adam, you did mention the fact that when he comes back, you know, is it going to be like, what's the wear and tear going to be like? Should they ease him in? Yeah, they should ease him in. Should they not? Should we go full bang out? Who knows? That's up to really, that's up to Kemba. Uh, it's up to him, his trainers, the team or whatnot. I just feel like his mentality and from what I know about Kemba Walker, you know, prior to his Charlotte stint is that kid. And, and, and I know he's a grown man now, but that, that young grown man, will go out there and give a hundred. I don't know how he could give 120%. I know we say it all the time. He's going to give it every night, like every night. And I, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for Kimba to go out there and get 35, 40 points. I'm not even looking for him to get 20 to 25 points. I'm just looking at looking for him to give his, his, his 100%, his all, his playmaking capability, his dribble, his, you know, getting to the basket, like his energy, like his smile. There's so many things I'm looking for from, from Kimball Walker when he goes out there and suits up in Celtics basketball. So my theory is just for him to rest up, heal up, and, and when it's time, it's, it's, it's probably going to be a full go uh, when, when he gets the green light. I think Kimball is doing well. We watch him shoot around. He seems to have his shot down. I know no one's in his face. I know guys shoot better when no one's in their face. We get that. Um, but back to, to re, you know, revamp to tonight, man. Tonight, I'm just excited. And, and, and you know what would make me more excited? Just to see Kimball Walker on the sideline coaching those young guys. I'm sure he will be there. Like, he'll still be present. I think the biggest thing for me with that knee is if he's just – if it's just a matter of rest or – if it's something that they can pinpoint to that caused it, I, I would much rather know exactly what was causing the pain versus it being like, oh, it's just tired knees, it's just over time, that kind of thing. I mean, like it is, at this point now, it's only just speculation. So we really just hope that he's all right. But get, getting back to the game at hand we've got today, we've got an OKC team that's going to be going against Boston. And that is – in the very least, I think it's interesting because I don't think anyone expected the Thunder after trading away Paul George to the Clippers and then moving Chris Paul came to town for Russell Westbrook, who's been a mainstay for OKC since he got drafted. It's an interesting situation. I don't think anyone expected the Thunder to still be in the playoff conversation. I, To be honest, I expect him to go heavily into the tank, maybe work out some kind of buyout for Chris Paul. But Chris Paul has really embraced that role of leadership. And then, you know, they've got SGA there. They've worked that out. Danilo Gallinari is still very much a scoring threat. Steve Adams is a very, very serviceable big man. Expensive contract, but still very, very good big man. You know, they've, they've done a lot with that team. And it'll be really interesting to see how they go forward. You know, they've got so many draft picks too as well. So because of those deals with the Clippers and with Houston – I still think if they can manage to build around correctly and see where they're at salary cap wise, they could be a team that's on the resurgence, especially if Chris Paul sticks around. He seems to really, really have embraced that role as leadership there. And they've just done so much better than I expected. I mean, for me, the most important thing to do now when looking at the funder is kind of look how we played them last time we played. By way, I mean the Celtics and then look at, what the matchups are going to look at like tonight. I mean, 
throughout the first little section of this podcast, we've kind of touched upon concerns about Kemba's longevity, his ability to stay, stay on the floor. That's also going to ring true for Hayward. It's going to ring true for Time Lord. It's going to ring true for probably 50% of the guys that have had injury worries this season. My, my thing is, one, I want to see how they scheme against Gallinari, Danilo Gallinari and Steven Adams. Two, I want to see rotations of Time Lord playing out there and doing what he does at 60% because these guys aren't going 100% at the moment. It's only a scrimmage. I want to see how these, how, how these matchups are kind of structured. Do the Celtics push up on Steven Adams and try and keep him away from the hoop? Are they going to try and clog the paint off the pick and roll? And then how are they going to cope with guards? Because guards have always been the guys that have come up against the Celtics and somehow found a way to have a big night. And when you're going against two guards in Chris Paul and SGA, I want to see how they deal with that dribble drive penetration. It seems to give them fits every single time. And it frustrates the life out of me that for some reason, this switch everything system can be picked apart by a guy that's got a very good handle. Um, we saw it with Russell Westbrook we saw it, and James Harden. We saw it earlier in the season against Chris Paul and SGA. You'll see it against, I've got a feeling that Jamal Crawford, when the Celtics play the Nets, is going to find a way to go for 2025. So my biggest concern is how are the Celtics going to structure their defense to start closing out on these dribble drive penetrators while not allowing a guy like Steven Adams to feast down low? Well, the cool thing is that Chris Paul is not a dribble drive. He, he's not. He's not going to drive much. I, I think. I think he's there. He's the facilitator when it comes to things. I do think you have to worry about SGA. I'm. I'm not. You know, to answer that question, it's just like we have to go out. We, have, you know, just see. We, we do struggle against these, those type of point guard shooting guard combos, and it's. You know, I, I expect Chris Paul to be the on-floor general for OKC, and I expect SGA to be that like that thunder, like they're the thunder and lightning. And then when it comes to their big men, you know, Steve Steve Adams, we know that he's strong, but I'm ex- I'm excited to see like the youth go up against this guy. Like I'm I'm excited to see how Robert Williams will play. Um, Tice, uh, we can't forget him. Like how he how they're gonna rotate their bigs, you know, into stopping. You know, someone like that, because I feel like once once they get to their once they get to their rotations, I don't know. I just like our rotations better. I like our bench better than their bench. That could just be me being biased. Um, But I do agree with you. Like we do have to figure out how to stop, you know, guards. it, it, It behooves me when we watch guys just drop the most points they've ever scored in their entire career on the Boston Celtics. (laughs) <laughs> and then, and then we, we sometimes we win and sometimes we lose those games. But just to see guards have these um, like amazing big nights, like just makes me want to smash my head through a wall. Like it's crazy. I, I you talked about the Nets and you mentioned uh, Jamal Crawford, but now I'm worried about Levert. I mean, he he was he was the guy we <laughs> we couldn't figure out who scored like ninety thousand points in the fourth quarter. So being that this is a scrimmage game. I expect guys to play out. I, I don't expect our starters to be in there, just like I don't expect their starters to be in there long. So you may get one quarter of, of good, you know, basketball. And then after that, it's what Tim said. Brad's going to be doing some funky stuff with the lineup. And, you know, I 
I'm excited to watch Romeo Langford, and I'm excited to watch these rookies ball, even Grant Williams, Carson Edwards. Like I'm excited, I'm excited to see these guys come in there and get some minutes and see what they can do on the floor. So we'll head off to break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about a little bit of what we're excited to see from these younger guys as Wayne's led on to. And I definitely want to touch on the the reports that Romeo's we reworked that jumper and we can kind of look into what we want to see from Romeo and where we think he's going to end up in the rotation. And then we can look at the big rotation, which is now back to that hockey style. So we'll be back in a moment. Please enjoy these lovely advertisements. And we're back. We're probably about eight hours away, roughly, from game time. I'm really, 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 really excited to see Romeo Langford. And I emphasised it really. I feel like he was hitting his stride as the hiatus hit. We were starting to see more from him on both ends of the floor. He was, He looked like he belonged there more. And he was definitely feeling his way into the way the Celtics want to play basketball. Guys, are you expecting to see much of Romeo tonight? If you are, what are you expect? What are you hoping to see? Yes. <laughs> I want to see some run, man. I want to see him get the ball in his hands. I want him taking some shots. Uh, we talked about it previously on podcasts before, but you know, he reworked that shot. He's been quoted on it saying, you know, I really put a lot of work into this. It doesn't seem like I can regress now because I have a good foundation. So the one big knock when he came in was one, he was dealing with that hand issue. And so they wanted to make sure that his hand was healing up. All right. But he also needed to work on his shot mechanics to the point where they had him put his broken hand. They had a ping pong paddle on one of his hands and he was, you know, going through his shooting motion. So the fact that they were able to rework that shot and we've seen him put in some serious real deal effort on defense I want to kind of see what this guy can do. If they give the ball to him, I don't know if he needs to be running the point or anything like that, but he's a guy that gives you a little bit of an insurance in case anyone gets injured and he needs to be ready to step up in case, you know, for example, with Gordon, Gordon needs to leave the bubble for the birth of his child. You know, you need to be able to have someone who can go in there and supplement a little bit. Everyone's going to have to pick up the slack. So a guy like Romeo Langford, who was picked in the lottery, He's going to be called upon, and he needs to be ready. So let's see what they're trying to do with him and seeing if they're trying to give him a little bit more run. I'm excited to watch this young kid ball. Um, he's He's been a breath of fresh air throughout the regular season, and I, I expect him at full health with his new reworked jump shot. And the one most important thing that we're not talking about, I think this kid has is his confidence, I think, is going to be on point. You know, We've watching these scrimmages. There's always been like a player from like every team, other than you know the ones that we know. There's always been this one player that kind of like sticks out, and I think Romeo Langford is going to get his chance um, through these eight games, not just tonight's scrimmage, but through the eight games to really make a name for himself to the league. So I'm definitely excited to see him ball. I, you know, he's going to get his chances of shots. And I just hope they go in for the kid. You know what I mean? And and with that, this will be kudos for him and big ups to him. And this will be a 
boost of confidence for this young fellow because when he's came in, he's been able to do exactly what they asked him to do, mainly brought in for defensive purposes, but I can see Brad working some offense through Langford um, coming up soon, very soon. And that leads us on to another guy that's been kind of an ever-present in his rookie season who looks like he's shed quite a bit of weight and stacked on some muscle, and that's going to be Grant Williams. I went on record recently saying that I feel like Grant Williams is probably going to lose out in a rotation battle with Shemi just because Shemi's got that playoff experience and he can offer a little bit more of a, a floor-stretching dimension. However, I do think that Grant Williams, in the shape that he looks like he's in, offers an element of low post threat because that's where he was so dominant in college. He's slowly getting that three-point shot down, and I do feel like his basketball IQ is levels above what Shemmy's is. Are we expecting him to start really balling out to stake a claim to be in this playoff rotation? I think so. We we Grant Williams has been uh, what can I say? He's been a an energetic burst or a burst of energy for this team. We and we're watching him develop his shot. Like we're seeing it's so amazing how I've able to, I've been able to watch the Celtics team rotate through different players like throughout the, the last five years, but they run the same style of offense, right? So what what I mean is like if it's not Grant Williams, it, it was it was Simi, right? And then they drafted Grant Williams. Now we're seeing Simi run. Um, I mean, now we're seeing Grant Williams run around the perimeter, get to a spot, get to the corner wide open for a corner three, or get to a spot wide open for a top of the key three. Like we're like we're seeing we're seeing these plays designed for a rookie like that you wouldn't expect to have so much, you know, riding on to 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 this to this rookie. He wasn't like a high high draft pick or or whatnot. So ah I want to go with the experienced player and say Simi. I think Simi is going to be used as more of a specialty player, and you'll see more Grant Williams in, in the rotation. So what do I mean by that really quickly? I know you guys want to speak. I think Simi would be um, in as far as, like, when he has to take on the toughest offensive assignment. So he's going to be the tough – he's going to defend the toughest offensive person. So, like, your Giannis and, and, and those type of players. You'll see a lot more Simi. And then Grant Williams would be in there, like on the normal rotation of of, of the power forwards. I kind of want to see where, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I kind of want to see where Shemi's fitness is at, right? Because if a guy like Grant comes in, who's a younger guy and just shed a bunch of weight, and he looks like he's in the best shape of his young career so far. I wonder what a guy like Shemi, who's like an absolute gym rat, dude is just built, just insanely jacked. I wonder why he's been doing all quarantine. Like he's going to come in like looking like the real deal Hercules, like coming in and just absolutely lighting up people on the defensive side. You know, the one thing we've talked about too with Shemi is his three point shot in trying to get that to be a little bit more consistent. He had a lot of momentum going into the break. So hopefully he continues to do so. I think he's one of those guys that being that defensive specialist that he is, he's always going to have a role in this team if he can hit his shots and really just be smart with the basketball. That is the one clear cut thing I have for Shemi is like as a bench guy, as a three and D guy, don't go in and make negative plays. You have to be a net positive in order to stay in this league, in my opinion. And that especially applies for a guy like Shemi, who's 
going to be an integral part of the team's bench if he can defend like he does and hit his open shots. He's never going to be counted upon to be like an offensive stalwart. He's not going to be coming in and be like a guy who's going to light up the scoreboard, but he has to be able to go in and just as a defensive minded player, you know, do what he needs to do on the defensive side and not be a complete non-entity on offense. Yeah, and this is where the biggest concern is, right? Is there's so many of wings on the Celtics and on that bench that are respectable defenders that have decent IQ. Then you have Grant that's come in and kind of shown, like, hey, I'm going to have a really long career in the NBA. And then you've got Shemi that can one night absolutely lock down guys, can hit his freeze, can run the floor great. And then the next night he's getting blown by, he's putting up brick after brick. And that consistency is what's really held him back. We spoke about this earlier in the year when we, we said like maybe the ceiling for Shemi is just a consistent version of what he is now. But that's enough to keep you in the NBA. It's enough to have you on the bench as a rotation piece. The lack of consistency is what makes people begin to question whether or not he has longevity in the league. And this is going to be his opportunity now to show like I belong here. I've done it before so I can do it again. It's just... Does he get that opportunity with on-ball defenders like Romeo and off-ball and on-ball defenders like Grant, who can also play Shemi's position in Grantnesses, but play it smarter and more efficiently? And that's where my concern is for Shemi. Maybe he gets the nod over Grant going into scrimmages and into the eight-game playing tournament. But if Grant, I mean, the change in his body, like the physical change in him, is going to show on the floor in the way he handles contact, in the way he sets screens, the way he can roll. Maybe he's a bit more explosive. If we see a correlation between that physical change and then we see that correlate onto the floor, it might be a really tough ask for Semi to, to beat him out for rotation minutes. Man, it's, it's, it's tough for me to, to say that because it's not like, We've seen we've seen more of Simi because he's been with the Celtics longer and we're I guess not impressed. And it's not necessarily all his fault because you ask a guy to come in like like the third on the third string rotation and you want him to perform like he's a first string, you know, a first guy first rotational guy or or a starter, you're not gonna get that because Simi's just not getting the same opportunities and I think semis and I know that they they play the same position but I think their roles are different so you get a different vibe with with Grant Williams than you do with semi I I I really think semi has a place on this team because when he needs to lock in on a certain type of player he does it well like it's it's so it's not going to be consistent it's always going to be inconsistent because he's not he's not trying to defend that same type of player every game and he's also not playing, you know, a lot of minutes to 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 work on his jump shot or whatnot. Look, what I I just feel like what we get from Simi, we just we just have to accept it. If it's if it's good, woohoo! And if it's not, it's okay because it's it's Simi. Like we already know what we expect from him. As far as Grant Williams is concerned, he's a rookie, so our expectations shouldn't be through the roof yet because he hasn't even you know. He's nowhere near his ceiling yet. At least I, that's 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 my opinion. So as far as which one is going to play more, not sure if that was the original question. Ah, 
Ah, I, I just – if you go – if you look at the regular season, it was Grant Williams seems to get more minutes than Simi, right? They, they wanted to see Grant – they wanted more work on Grant Williams because they kind of already knew who Simi was. But when it comes down to locking down in these playoffs, I think you're going to get the Simi. I think you're just going to get the semi, especially if he shows improvement as, as, as Grant did, you know, not just on the physicality side, because like Tim said, this dude looks like, you know, a, a mini rock, but it's, it's, I, it's, it's tough, man. I, we need them all. We need all the pieces we have to do whatever it is we got to do, because we're going to be playing some juggernauts coming this NBA uh, tournament coming up. So we need all the pieces and we need them all to perform you know, to their best capabilities. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for me with Shemi is I think it's less about knowing what we get with Shemi. It's more about what kind of Shemi are we going to get? We've seen, you know, we've seen the good and the bad. And I think as Adam said, you know, it's less about what Shemi brings to the table. It's about what other guys could bring to the table instead of Shemi. So if you're giving run to, you know, Grant Williams, does that make you better defensively? Or does that make you a little bit more, you know, versatile offensively? Because Grant does all those little things so well. And, you know, he's setting screens. He's able to pass and move with the ball. He's always making heads up plays. Grant has a very, very high basketball IQ. I don't know if I can say the same about Jemmy. Sometimes he's moving around on offense or defense and he's just not doing what he needs to do. You know, not – it's not that it's a knock against semi, but it's also like you've been in the league for a few years. You've been with the team for a few years. You need to be able to pick up on these things. And if guys like Grant Williams, who granted, <laughs> granted is not the, he, he's not like this defensive mastermind or anything like that, but he's shown a lot of promise, especially for a young guy coming on to a team where he ended up getting drafted with a bunch of other young guys in the same year and he's still managing to make some kind of impact, you know, if he's able to come in and steal minutes away from Shemi, then they definitely have to reconsider Shemi's role on this team and on this roster. And then I think that leads us up to the point where we can just make our predictions for this evening. And we, we're, we're going to review these predictions on Monday's episode anyway. We'll have the whole weekend in the group chat to really tear this apart and find out what we liked, what we didn't like. So the analysis comes on Monday. The preview, which is what this is, where we've kind of spoke about the guys we're worried about. We've kind of spoke about the guys we're excited about. We can't break down what we haven't seen. So what are your guys' predictions? Is it a Celtics win? Is it an OKC win? Is everyone coming out of there healthy, which I pray to God they are? I'll start. I'm expecting the Celtics to win minimally. So it'll be between two and well, one and five points. I'm expecting to see a really, really deep rotation and I'm expect I'm expecting Tatum to lead all scorers. I guess it depends on his minutes, but yeah, I would expect Tatum to probably be up there for points, especially with Kemba out. But yeah, I expect them to beat this Thunder team. I am interested to see what the rotations are, but uh, I'll probably say it won't be like a super high scoring game, but probably like in the 90s, maybe it'll be like, you know, 95 to 87 or something like that. I definitely expect the Celtics to win. Score-wise, yeah, it's a scrimmage game. It's it, I think it'll get into the hundreds, honestly. But it's still it'll it'll be a a, a four five. To, I would say it'll be a four to seven point victory for the Celtics. 
So that pretty much wraps us up. I mean, we can talk about these issues all day and all night. What I do want to stress is I am hyped. I will be flooding your Twitter feeds with opinions, takes, breakdowns all the way through this game. It's at a very reasonable hour for me out in the UK. It's at an even more reasonable hour for you guys. I mean, I say very reasonable. It's it's not very, very reasonable. It's like 10 p.m., so I'll still be awake. I don't know about you two, but the last few months of kind of covering basketball when there is no basketball has been quite difficult. I'm looking forward to covering basketball now there is basketball. Yeah, man. It, it, basketball is back. And for Celtics, this is the fir- for the Celtics fans, this is the first time they get to see what their group has been working on for all this time. So if you are not amped to watch this game tonight, then you need to go shut yourself in the room, close the door, sit in the corner. This game is going to be electrifying. Doesn't matter who plays. It's Celtics basketball, and it will be the preview to the one week start uh, season starting game. On next Friday. So I can't wait to this game tonight. I can't wait to see Adam flood my timeline with Celtic stuff. I can't wait to see Tim flood my timeline with Celtic stuff. And I can't wait to retweet all their stuff. So it's going to be a, a three way, threesome flooding of timelines. <laughs> <laughs> phrasing, phrasing. You know what I meant. <laughs> so the Celtics have just released, and we'll end on this the Celtics just sent out a press release. I'm assuming you'll see it in your timelines momentarily, so this will be old news by the time that you hear this. But the on-air personalities for this evening will be Mike Gorman, Scal, and Abby Chin. And then afterwards, there will also, on NBC Boston, there will also be a countdown to Celtic show immediately following the scrimmage. Just thought I'd let you guys know that if you're looking for some breakdowns. I do not have access to NBC Sports Boston because I do not live in Boston and... NBC is a very American thing. So if anyone wants to f- tell me how I can get access to this, like legally, I don't want to be doing anything illegal. I'd like to make sure I'm supporting what I'm watching. Then feel free to let me know because I would very much like to watch that. And we will catch you on Monday where we will be gushing, gushing about a Celtics win. <laughs>